This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. And it was, really. Like, it was amazing. They got everything. Yeah, they got everything. And then... um. What the hell? So I was talking. What's the name of the guy that I was talking to? I think you were talking to Scott. Yeah. And and then so I was like, you know, I'm like, we're looking for a kayak. My wife wants a kayak. You know, me and the kids, we have paddle boards. But I kind of like the kayak, too. We had just recently gone on a kayak trip, and she wanted, like, a kayak for, like, her birthday present. Uh-huh. So we're looking around, and you know, we're still kind of learning about it, you know, because it was, like, a new thing for us. And... He brought up Los Buzos in the conversation. And I'm like, yeah. Like, there was this guy that caught this black marlin on a kayak. And I spoke to him on social. We talked about him coming in for a podcast. And then I guess you had to go there. And then that died. Oh, and that You know, yeah. like, once you go to Panama, you're, like, there for a little while, right? Right, you, right. Yeah, so it's like, all right. Well, I didn't get him before, you know, but I got you now. You got me now. So here you are. So he's like, oh, yeah, maybe I could put you in touch. And then you reached out, and I was like, all right, cool. So we, yeah. re- we rekindled it. So I'm, like, super stoked that you're here. I'm glad we did. Yeah. yeah. Some, sometimes I go uh, – when I go back there, I go dark for a little while. Yeah. Depends on how, I don't how blame long you, I'm man. there for. I don't, that's <laughs> what you should do. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, so we looked – they were really super helpful and, and all that. So it was really cool, but I'm glad you're here. Yeah. So welcome to the Connected by Water podcast. And we are – Fueled by our very good friends at Papa's Pilar Rum, who remind you never to be a spectator. I'm your host, Dennis Friel, and we are coming to you from the Connected by Water Studio Gallery, comfortably located between the Intracoastal and the Sand in scenic and sunny Pompano Beach, Florida. I know you love that I wrote that, Yanni. Like, it's so wordsmith, isn't it? Right? It's beautiful. <laughs> right. So, all right, we are a Waypoint hosted podcast. You can find us there or watch, listen, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to hit that like button. And please, we would love to hear from you in the comments or by email at sales at connected by water. Before we get rolling, what we do every episode is we mention our do-gooder of the week. 
um, and that is from Starbright. And I am going to bring this up here on my phone, which I should have had ready. And this week's do-gooder is Leah Bleichner, and she is our do-gooder of the week. She is a shining star who runs the Marker 24 restaurant, and while juggling all that, she takes up the time to pick up mangrove propagules for Corey Redwine up there to help grow out, and she really basically assists Corey planting all the mangroves and the outplanting and everything that, that they do up there, uh, which I think is really, really cool. So congrats, Leah. You win the bucket of Starbright goodies with all the salt off and the all the the boat wash and the what? The riggy sponge. Yeah. So all that cool. So nice. you're up you're based out of that area too, like up kind of like the Orlando Central Florida area. Yeah, so I'm in Saint Cloud. Saint Cloud. So like just southeast of, of Orlando, I get to be out of the traffic and uh straight clear shot to the ocean too so yeah a perfect spot so i was just up there so i don't know if you know Corey and derek redwine derek's another marine life artist they live in the Merritt island area beautiful like spot. really throw a rock and hit like kennedy space center yeah yeah yeah. i know, know that area very well yeah so we were actually i was just actually fishing with them there for you we know like red fishing snook fishing um i don't know the name of the road what was it 528 or whatever like that road that takes you down to the port yeah right just like in that banana river right were you there. in that that like dirt road area like biolab kind of yeah oh, okay yeah yeah kind of kind of and they thought it was really cool that um and put up a little video about it the other day that derek pointed out to me he's like you see that structure over there he's like that used to be like a bomb target from like the 40s and I'm like i yeah. thought that was the coolest thing man so we went over and checked it out and yeah yeah i, I, I saw I'm that like, video I'm a geek with stuff like no that. it's super cool i didn't know yeah. that i've probably seen that thing but because i've i've fished that's where i grew up fishing um but yeah, I didn't know about that until I saw your video. Yeah, and then um, like Derek's really he's like indigenous to that area. Like really, it's like it's really like an old like salt rat from like, yeah, yeah. a kid growing up in that area. Just like growing, I'm sure he's caught like the same fish like multiple times in, <laughs> in that area. But um, Jonathan Moss um, from the the Catherine's Lock TV, he says he's like, dude, there's more. There's like, there's more of those targets. He's like, I gotta take you. Like next time, next you're up there, we'll like we'll go fishing. I'll like I'll take you around. So anyway, yeah, I thought that was cool. Is it like deep inside of it? Like where they where they? You know, I don't know. Like a lot of people ask me that. They're like, oh, is it deeper in the middle? And I'm like, I really don't know. And some people are like, oh, do you think there's like ammo down there, like live ammo that never went off or whatever? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I should dive it and like check it yeah, out. Yeah, but, yeah. They probably they're all duds i'm sure right or else it would be blown to bits yeah i would think so but like out in out in the uh the keys they have that area called the, the bombing grounds or whatever and there's a bunch of holes that are like 20 feet by like 15 feet deep where's that uh it's on the bay side um okay. like between the everglades and all of the keys i, I can yeah, tell like, you exactly like where it is keys and all that? yeah yeah, yeah. Right. i think they call it the bombing grounds or the bomb holes or something like that okay it's a it's a somewhat known spot i believe by now but there's like goliath group that's that hang out in them and okay i'm gonna have to people, ask around about fishing. that yeah it's probably something that's like obvious like dude you don't know about the bombing grounds yeah, like, yeah. like no like wait a minute i thought i knew the keys pretty good <laughs> no, but. no no i don't know how well it's known I, yeah I, I do know some people that know it but maybe yeah i don't know so you grew up that area the whole your whole life uh for the most part uh until until i went to college i went to uh florida atlantic university so okay oh so uh, you went to college here yeah yeah so nice. when i and a big part of it was I knew it was good fishing area. That was like a mm -hmm. big part part of why I went there. It's a prerequisite. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, 
I brought my kayak down with me and I had my, my kayak on the, on the roof of my truck while I was in the dorms and, and I fished almost every single day. Okay. Like I was fishing before class or after class, uh, going out of, usually I'd go out of Boca Inlet mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I'd, I remember going back into, into the dorms and cooking like a, I'd be filleting like a 20 foot, 20 pound mahi. Right. All the other guys are making like peanut butter sandwiches, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's when I really got, got, uh, into the offshore kayak thing. Okay. Yeah. So how long have you been doing? Is that right in college? That's when you really started doing the kayak? Uh, so I did a lot of like inshore with my dad okay. uh, in the kayak, but I hadn't really done any offshore until I got down here. Okay. Um, I did plenty of offshore when I was growing up in a boat, but first time I went offshore really was, was down here when I went to college. And so that was 2011 when I first started. Okay. All right. Cool. So we don't really talk about kayak fishing like enough on the show and it's not for any other reason other than just most of the guys I'm bringing in are all you know offshore captains of, right. of like bigger boats and and that's just generally who our guest happens to be but we always say like oh we want to have more kayak we want to have a lot more inshore you know, talk on the show and I just feel like due to our proximity here in Pompano Beach we have so many people like just offshore fishing oh, yeah. offshore fishing or like sailfish and like kites and and talking about that a lot because it's so easy for me to get those guys on the show because everyone's like right here for that for sure but we've been trying to make more of an effort bringing in like kayak fishermen and more inshore and you know talk more about fly fishing and all other things i mean after all we're connected by water you know what i mean right. we're broader right. than just like one particular type of fishing so yeah um I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here to talk about that so um you were talking a little bit before the show about like different propulsions and, and different, you know, paddle aspect, pedal aspects of it. I mean, obviously when you're going offshore, like the pedaling is got to be like an essential yeah, yeah. part to and that, right? Even I would imagine too. you paddling that whole way. Yeah. And, and the big thing is like when you're actually fishing, you don't have to worry about having a paddle in your hand. Like when you're, and, and when you're fighting a fish, a lot of times, like with a big fish, you'll you'll be fighting it, and you're you know you're sitting in the middle of that kayak. And a lot of times, if you don't have a rudder or or a way to pedal or chase them, right, that that kayak pivots and he pulls you broadside, and that's that can be dangerous. Like I've had to, uh, I used to be a guide out of out of Boynton for a long time, and I would take out guys, and I would always tell them like it's it's a lot better if you bring a, a pedal drive kayak out here. Um, and one guy just bought a brand new paddle, uh, I think it was a Jackson kayak, and we're an hour into the day, and he hooks his sailfish. And he's about to get spooled, and I have to pedal, uh, pedal over to him, grab his kayak, turn it towards the fish, and chase it down because he was about to get spooled mm -hmm. because he couldn't keep up with it, and uh, he couldn't tor turn towards it. And uh, I mean, you can do it if if you if you're you're skilled enough, you know, you can put the paddle in the in the water and, and steer and like kind of hold the rod with your legs and stuff. Yeah. But it's so much easier to have the pedal system and your rudder and hold the rod and, and do your thing that way. Wow, but, yeah, it's funny. I didn't even think of that, like the actual fighting of the fish. I was thinking more of just like getting out there. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, there's so many different things that, that play into it. The pedal drive is such a game changer. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you do tons of other types of fishing too, other than um, kayak fishing. Um, you know, if, if anyone has the time, um, go and check out Adam's YouTube channel. It's, it's really, really good. Um, you know, I, I was going through it all today and I was like, man, you got a, a lot of like really good content. Appreciate there. that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, especially it was, I think it was cool that you were, um, doing like the world record Barracuda. I mean, oh yeah, take me through that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, people have caught way bigger Barracudas, right? Uh -huh. But, uh, it's, IGFA has this new thing 
uh, for length records. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a couple. Uh, I mean, I don't know how new it is, but to get a certified length record, you have to have their their tape. And uh, we were just looking through records because we have the record uh, Roosterfish at Los Buzos, and we have like five or six other world records. But uh, I just happened to see Great Great Barracuda uh, length record was not super big, and uh, and I was like, we can go get that. It was kind of right. just like a goal. Can we do, can we go do it? The first time we try and we, we were able to do it really um yeah but so somebody can smoke me too like if yeah, somebody's right. listening to this they can they can probably go get it where but, were you when you caught uh, that so we were in uh port st Lucie. oh okay um yeah that that power plant area mm-hmm. it's just overrun by barracudas and uh I, I i didn't actually think about it because in i mean we me and my buddy went out there and we were fishing this area and we were going for kobe or tarpon or something and we we go to this buoy and there it's, there's just Barracudas stacked next to each other. Right. And uh, I think I whipped over a, a blue runner or something. And a monster barracuda eats it. It's jumping around. It was like, I was like scared to land this fish because mm-hmm. it, it's jumping out of the water. Its teeth are like gnarly, <laughs> jumping towards the boat, doing circles. Biggest barracuda I've ever ca- ever seen. Uh, we, we fight it for like 20 minutes or something. And we, we get it next to the boat. And my buddy's like, gaff it. I'm like, I don't want to gaff it. Like, this is, I don't know mm-hmm. what we're going to do with this thing. He's like, gaff it, gaff it. So I gaff it. We put it in the boat. Um, and then we, we, uh, measured it and it was just monstrous. Yeah. And then, uh, it was after that, that I had looked up the blue, the, the world record. And I was like, man, we've like doubled it with this fish or more. Really? So then we just went back like the next week and then we, I had the tape and then I got a certified one, but it wasn't near as big as that one. Oh, okay. But that's kind of what, what brought me over to, to, to get that fish too. So the first one is bigger than Way the one, bigger. The the one, one in the I, thumbnail? You actually got the, yeah, yeah. The one in the thumbnail is that fish, that big one. Oh, that's the one. It's not the okay. one that gets caught oh, in the video. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> but I mean, the, the one in the video is still big, right. but it's just not the monster that we caught before. Like that one was about as tall as me. Right. That first one. So that's cool, man. So, all right. So you, you went to FAU, you're kayaking around, right? And you know, you've been fishing your whole life and, um, when do you get to the point where you're like, I could really make a living out of, out of, out of this? So I, I never really planned on being a guide. Like it, it right. wasn't really a thing in, in my mind. I went to, I went to school to be FWC because mainly I, I just wanted to have a job where I was out on the water all the time. Right. Um, so that was the only thing I could really think of. Uh, but in the meantime, like I was going Are to you class. Studying, so you studied in college to do this? Uh, I got a degree in criminal justice. Okay. So... Uh, yeah, so my plan was just to graduate and then go to FWC. But, uh, so, but during that, during class, I was fishing nonstop right. everywhere. And, uh, doing, I mean, we did all kinds of stuff. I was offshore catching, you know, sailfish and wahoo and stuff. And, uh, I had a couple other buddies that we would, we would go inshore with and we ended up catching giant sawfish and we'd go inshore catch tarpon. We kind of did everything that you could think of. And then, uh, just right after I graduated, I was like doing all the training for FWC, and 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 while I was doing that, my buddies uh, Matt and Eric with Deep Blue Kayak Fishing, um, mm-hmm. they're you might know about them. They're they're local here. Um, they asked me if I could help out and do some charters for them because they were starting they're starting to grow their their offshore kayak fishing business, and uh, so it was it was perfect for me because I was just I had just graduated. I need a little bit of money, but I was also doing some training, and uh, so I was I was doing the majority of their charters for for a while, and uh, that's. I'd never really planned to like keep it going. Um, but then I had the opportunity, uh, or we had the opportunity to go down to Panama, uh, to Los Buzos because, uh, the owner invited us to, you know, bring like a group of our clients mm-hmm. and we were 
thinking about like setting it up as like a yearly like Panama expedition kind of trip thing. And uh, so we brought, a, uh, I ended up going, uh, Matt and Eric went, they had a, they had a pretty good time. And then like three months later, we decided to bring a group down and we had it, we kind of had it together. So they, they brought me down a couple weeks ahead of time so that I would have a little bit of the lay of the land and uh, catch some fish and not just go in and be guiding these people and not know what I was really doing in the area, you know? So I go down with my dad and we caught pretty much everything that you could catch besides cuberas. Um, like there's in Panama down at, down at Los Buzos, there's an incredible amount of species and like all, we have like everything. We have the rooster fish, right. we got bonefish, we got, there's tarp in there, there's blue marlin, black marlin, yellowfin tuna, ton, tons of yellowfin tunas. Uh, we catch them almost every day. You can pretty much count on them catching them yeah, every thick week. Yeah, thieves down there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the locals sell them for, like, a, a quarter of a pound because, really? they, like, you can't get rid of them because there's oh, so many. Oh, that's great. It's wild. The and, nuisance uh, fish. Huh? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, you'll hear the owner, he'll he'll say, yeah, we call it cat food. Oh, man. <laughs> we get tired of eating yellowfin. That's um, my favorite fish to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Me and my buddy had, a, had a ch- like, a... a, a challenge to see who could just eat yellowfin for the for the longest time right we went like i think i made it like five days but like we were we were like loading plates of just sashimi just right eating it for every meal and i think we went five days on that but but yeah if you eat it yeah. every day like that, so the mercury you, you, you kicks get, in right yeah right right <laughs> um no but but yeah yellowfin there's there's uh and they get big too we've been catching some big ones on the poppers and oh they're they're super fun but mahi you got like everything you can think of um but so we, me and my dad went down there. We caught mahi, African pompano, everything. But I didn't catch a rooster fish or a kubera. Right. My dad caught a rooster fish, and I had plenty of bites. I just, uh, I was too big on the. I, the owner kind of wanted me to just catch a marlin, I think, mm-hmm. because he was like, "Yeah, you just got to go out here with twenty uh, twenty o hooks and and big bonitas." And so I was catching like six six inch blue runners and throwing them back. Right, and in hindsight, if I kept some of those blue runners and put them out, I would have caught so many rooster fish, and that's like the main thing I I, I wanted to catch. Right, but I'm uh, over just... two. I'm over two on roosters. Oh I'm, man, you on got... rooster trips. I still have not gotten a rooster. Oh, you got to come down. You you you'll get some. I'm bumming, man. Right we now. we had a day. Uh, one of my one of my first weeks down there, we had a we went three days to the same spot and caught fifty five all on poppers. Okay, that was our that was our best day on on rooster. All fish. on poppers. All on poppers. Fifty five. Fifty five. One day. Yeah. Come no, on. no, no, three days. Three days. Three, yeah, because we just kept going back to the same spot. But you, we could have caught more. It was like there was just a school there for the entire for the entire three days. I mean, your shoulder and, after like the popper, like it's got to be like hanging. <laughs> it was. Well, we were like having fun with it, right? Yeah. Like so, we're throwing the poppers out, and you'd, you'd pop it one time, and then you'd see them coming over. Oh, so you're not, yeah, so you're not sitting there having the yank. You, you didn't have to work for it. Get, yeah, no, you didn't have to work for it. And and you're throwing it out there. You pop it once. They come. One smashes it. Jumps. Throws the bait. Popper hits the water over here. Another one hits it. Boom! You hooked right. up to that one. He throws it. Another one hits it. Like you'd hook three before you got one in the boat. It was crazy. Uh, and we get that occasionally. That was the best time it's ever happened. But uh, yeah, the, the popper bike can be nuts down there. Right. I mean, guys got to be coming down there to see you just like with like rooster on the mind. Like, yeah, for yeah. Sure. People, it's rooster fish, cubera snapper, and then occasionally you'll get somebody that just wants to catch marlin. So uh, let me rewind on that for a second, right? So and just so the audience understands how this whole podcast like came to be right so about a year maybe a little bit over a year ago right i think um you basically took social media by storm i think with catching that black marlin on uh-huh. the kayak because that was a huge deal and that was a nice size fish and there's all this video of you getting dragged around by this huge ass fish and everyone's like hooting and hollering about it 
I mean, and, and that's when my first reaction was, dude, come on the show, tell your story about it, right? Yeah. And I, and I want you to tell your story about it. But I just thought that was the coolest thing, man. Like, really, I thought that was like, man, this is, a, I want to hear, like, straight from this dude's mouth, like, how this all came to be. And it's not an easy thing. From I mean, I was just like, going through all your stuff today. I mean, when I saw you put up something about come down to Los Buzos, catch a marlin, but many people have, but only two have, like, took it the whole way. And I thought that was like, man, that's really crazy, like, only two. But I understand yeah. why only two. I mean, it's the hell of a thing to do on a kayak. You know, you're going to end up, like, in some other country by the time you're done <laughs> with that fish. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's how this podcast came to be. It's like, man, I was like, it was really, really cool. And I want to hear, like, when you hooked up with this fish, I mean, take me through that. Yeah, so um, it, it 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 worked out so perfectly. Like we had, uh, I had Robert Field there. You might know him from from YouTube. He's mm-hmm. he's got a big big YouTube page. Uh, he was there doing some filming for for some groups that we had because we had two full back to back groups. And uh, this was the one day in between uh, our group of clients that we could just the guides could go out and fish for them their right. themselves. And you've been a guide at Los Buzos for how long at this point? Ah, uh, what is it? I started in 2016. Okay, so yeah. So, so, you put, years, so like you've put your dues in in that area oh, at yeah. this point. Yeah. But the the one thing that really kept me there, like, because uh, I did get the offer to go to FWC, but uh, oh, you did? I did. Uh, while while I was down there, and and uh, that I should re- rewind a little bit. Yeah, yeah. How was how was that? I mean, getting that offer and that's well, it was a, it was a hard decision. Do. Yeah, right? I would imagine it was because I I had you know spent some years uh, training for it and and you know going to school. Uh, and then I, we go on that on that trip to, to Panama. After that first group that I was talking about, we like we had a, we had a good time. Uh, people caught some fish, but it wasn't like we didn't have it dialed. Like we caught some roosters and some other good fish and stuff, but we didn't have it dialed. And uh, I decided to stay an extra week after that. And the second day, I hooked a marlin. So this is like my third week there total, and I hook a marlin, and I'm out there by myself in 2016. 20, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm out there by myself, just trying to get the, the lay of the land, finding more spots and stuff, right. right? Just trying to get more more used to the area. And I've got a blue runner out behind me, and I had I hadn't even caught a blue, big rooster fish by this time, right? And so I'm I paddle off the beach. I'm a, I'm only a mile, maybe a mile and a half off off the shore, and my clicker starts going on my reel, not fast, like a real slow hit. Yeah. And so I'm getting excited. I'm like, oh man, I got a I got a rooster fish. You see me messing with, I have my, I wish I had my camera facing out, but I had my fa- my camera facing me. And you see me like fidgeting with my, my drag, making sure it's perfect, like getting excited for this, for this rooster fish. And I'm just reeling. He's coming straight towards me. I'm like trying to catch up the, right, reel up the slack. And then it just stops. And then maybe 15 feet away from me, 500 pound marlin just like wow. tries to jump. Like it, it was like, it's a big fish, right? And it didn't have any momentum. It was just like, it was like ah, I feel something in my mouth. And he starts to do like a half jump, so like a real like, lazy jump, like the head thing. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh crap! Like I start shaking. I'm like, oh my god! Like what I am I doing? Bet. And then he he sinks back down, and then he just beelines it straight offshore. And so like I didn't, I wasn't really set up for him. I had an accurate 500 with uh, like 40 pound mono, and I didn't okay. have braid backing on it. I I I have it on all my reels now, but yeah, uh, I didn't have enough line. I maybe a little bit of braid backing, and I'm and he's just booking it straight offshore. And 
I'm pedaling as fast as I can to, to keep up because I know he's going to spool me if Is I can. Is he doing that like he's, that bull greyhound thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, like he he went. That's probably, a beautiful thing to watch, though, he, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I can't. I yeah. think about it every day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So he 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 booked it probably like a hundred yards, and then he started doing that, and he's just yeah. like boom, 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 jumping, jumping, and I'm just pedaling as fast as I can. I got both pin, both thumbs <laughs> You're pedaling. Pinned, yeah, I'm pedaling as fast as I can. Both thumbs pinned on the on the spool oh, and it, I'm like they're burning my thumbs and it's going out and I'm yelling to my to my buddy who was back at the lodge on the radio. I'm like Marlin on, Marlin on. Put the radio down. I'm trying to catch up to this fish. And uh I, all I hear back in the radio is I'm like I don't know if he heard me. Like I don't know what's I don't know if he knows what's going on. Looking back, he did know. He he could hear me clearly. I just couldn't hear him. But man, I'm just going offshore. I'm like, I don't care. Like I'm gonna right. land this fish. Right? Yeah, <laughs> they can send a boat or something. And uh, take so a sleigh ride, like your shirt says. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I was flying, and uh, I wish I had a uh, a speedometer. I mean, uh, my, my GPS. I wasn't looking, but um, so he was taking me straight offshore, and for fi- probably five minutes straight, and then it it did spool me. Like it oh, took me to the knot. Man. Thankfully, like it took me to the knot. And then it broke at the right at the bimini, like both of the braid lines. Okay. So I think he got me with the tail. Right. Not sure 100, percent but but man, there was like five minutes of just like flying offshore and like it breaks off. I'm like, oh no. But then I'm like, I have to catch that fish. Right. So and then the next week I get the offer to go to FWC. I'm like, and, and then that same week, uh, wow. The, the owner's like, hey man, like if you wanna if you wanna do this full time, uh, uh, the offer the offer's open. Yeah. So I'm like, hmm. I'll go to Panama. Wow, look at you. <laughs> so, dude, if it wasn't for that fish, you probably would have taken that job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it could have been a good chance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but... It's crazy how that, how one fish can change so much. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then that, that same week, like the next day I went out and I caught a Kubera. It was the first Kubera that we'd ever caught okay. from there from the kayaks, and I got a big AJ, and I ended up catching like three monster roosters. I'm like, this is... Right. This is the place. I'm going to be, I'm going to be here. And uh, I ended up living there pretty much full time i would come back for a couple of weeks at a time but uh about five years yeah but, you yeah. know it's crazy it's like like imagine if you'd have taken that fwc job like you'd totally be like <sighs> thinking about that fish <laughs> like oh, all yeah, of yeah, that yeah, like yeah. oh man i could be in yeah. panama catching these fish and it was kind of always in the back of my mind too it's like if i lived in panama and i learned learned spanish and i'd get all the experience i can move back and do that job even better than i could have right before right right so I'm like, ah, easy decision. Well, how old are you now? Uh, 31. But yes, dude, right call. Yeah. Totally the right call. That All that other stuff would be waiting for you if you ever wanted to access it. You know yeah. what I mean? That's always what I thought. But especially I doing kayak, like you got to be like young and in shape, and I think. Right. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, I'm starting to feel it now. Are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you spend all day in the water, like every day, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling it now. Well, at least, well, I guess let me rephrase that. To do the type of kayak fishing you're doing down there, I would mm-hmm. imagine there's very much a sport aspect absolutely to it, like an athletic aspect to it like maybe like if you're doing inshore kayak fishing that's not, not as much you know what i mean there's yeah. still like you still feel it i'm sure if you're going against current you know yeah. I mean? you got it you're like oh, oh that's a, that's the one you thing know? i hate yeah. current i mean wind wind and current oh it's the worst but yeah. like i mean if there's just wind no current it's okay wind and current oh man but uh but thankfully in that area it's not we don't have current like here like uh I used to fish the EKFT tournaments, the extreme kayak fishing yeah. tournaments. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've yep. heard about that. For sure. Um, but yeah, a lot of times we'll have like three the or four Joe Hector yeah. tournaments. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe's an awesome guy. I love Joe. Cool. Uh, 
But here, a lot That's of times... That's another guy I'd love to have on the show. You should. Yeah, I should reach out to and him. And he does shows all the time. Like, he has yeah, his own show with the, Alec Ventures. The, the, and, the insider or the, the uh, in fisherman, or, right? Is that what it's called? The weekly the one fisherman. On, the weekly fisherman. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm sure he'd do it. But uh, a lot of times in Florida, you have, like, or in this area, you have, like, pretty strong north current, like, pretty right. consistently. Um, so we... we when I when I used to guide out of here, you'd have to battle that a lot, or you would just like we'd launch at Boca and come out at Lake Worth or Boynton, right? Uh, and then Uber back. And it was kind of a pain. But the the nice thing about Panama is is you really don't have to mess with current that often. Sometimes it comes through, but rarely is it over like three miles an hour. It's usually zero or like one, right? So we can just we have the lodge right on the water, and we'll just launch the boats from or launch the kayaks from the from the beach right right in our backyard and we paddle out a mile and a half which is nothing right and, you know you're fishing out you're fishing pretty much the whole way out too so it feels like you're really not doing that much work and we've we've taken a lot of guys out um that have never been in a fishing never been in a kayak before and had don't have much kayak much fishing experience in general yeah like total total newbies and day two they've got 40 pound rooster fish on their lap nice like we do that all the time um so it's it's not and we make it we make it pretty easy. Like if, if, if they get tired, we, we always have a boat out there too. Like we'll, mm-hmm. we'll keep a panga out there. So if somebody gets tired, they need to take a break. They hop in a boat. Dude, I saw this one video you posted. So what you, you just gang all these kayaks up in a boat and like basically you launch from the beach. And is that something you do a lot? So it's, there, there's two different things that we do. It, okay. Like for the most part, we just launch from the beach. Like we, we pull the kayak down, jump in, they, they go through the surf, which there's like, pretty much no surf on the right. on because well. that one uh, that one video that you posted was really cool and really kind of showed the whole process like with the waves coming in how you okay. got to time everything okay. going in and i know all what that. you're talking about yeah so i was like man i was like that was that was pretty cool that you posted that up because it gave like a good glimpse of that whole like get out process yeah yeah and you got to know what you're doing yeah if, you, if you're doing that cause, yeah definitely because we'll get a big swell and that i remember i know what video you're talking about like we'll get a big swell and then it's dangerous to launch the kayaks from the beach like we don't we don't let anybody do it. Yeah, there was so a heavy if, beach break right there. Yeah, for it, sure. The the nice thing is there's only one break and it breaks right on the beach. So mm-hmm. once you're past it, you don't have to worry about anything. But uh, in in that video, we're we're mothershipping people. So we, right. we put all the kayaks in the pangas and we're we've got the pangas staged up right on the shoreline. And uh, so we have to wait for for enough water to come in to float the boat. Um, and then we have everybody jump in and we push them off. And uh, we have a tractor that pulls pulls the pangas down, so we don't have to do uh, like we can't keep the the pangas in the bay okay and there's no boat ramp or anything around so we just drag the pangas down the, down the beach with a tractor turn the pangas okay. in it point point them towards the beach i mean point them towards the uh offshore and we'll get like six guys and we'll just push it and launch it that way uh that's kind of the only way that we we're able to do it right because there's just there's there's no marinas like they call our area the port okay. even though it's just a beach and it's it's protected by a uh reef line so it's it's a it's kind of like a natural marina. That's it's, pretty cool. It, it's the perfect spot to have an operation like we got. So I mean Los Buzos. I mean that's is that like 100% a kayak fishing no. like resort? No, it, it started out kind of like that. Like okay. uh, the owners had it for 25 years or so, and he's always he's always planned to to create a marina there and and uh, do some some bigger sport fishing kind of thing. But uh, to to kind of get into that, um, we. He, he brought us in to do the kayak thing so he'd, he'd have mm-hmm. I, I know he's, he's planning on doing some more big sport fishing kind of things and uh, that deal later but uh, but yeah for, for the most part we're kayaks and pangas 
Okay. Um, but yeah, so well, usually when people come down to fish with us, well, they'll fish like three days in the kayak, and then they'll do a couple days in the panga too. So they get a little, little, they get to mix it up. Gotcha. So, all right. So I'm like trying to track the timeline of all this, right? Yeah, yeah. I know we're throwing, so, we're going no, all. No, over no, no. It's all good. <laughs> uh, no, because I wanted. It's it's good that you met, we mentioned that when we did because it kind of sets us up for like this other stuff too, right? Because. You did the FAU fishing, and you start guiding with your with your buddies, and you head down to Los Buzos, like, in 2016. And, like, when did you really figure, like, right, you're there for, like, how long? Like, months at a time. Yeah. So, right it, right after that, the, like, right after our first trip like in the season, 2016. the season, like, is, like, what, December starts? It's pretty like, much year-round. Year-round? Yeah, year-round season. So, how yeah. often are you going down there? Uh, so, I'm down there... What, after I made that decision to like to, to stay down there like full time, I made the decision like probably two weeks later after uh-huh. I got back from that trip, and then uh, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And I think I went back after. I mean, probably the same month. Like I made the decision, I moved there pretty quick. Okay, <laughs> quicker than I probably should have. Right. But, uh, but uh, after that, I was I was there for usually like six months at a time, and I'd come back for like two weeks. Okay. Um, and that that went on for four or five years. Gotcha. Until really until COVID. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that did kind of change everything for everybody. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big time. So all right. So I had COVID, then you came back. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because yeah. they, they were talking about shutting down the the airports and stuff. Like if I needed to go home, I wouldn't be able to unless right. it was a humanitarian flight and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, uh, yeah, I I gotta, I'm gonna go. And I, but like when I made the decision to come back home, mm-hmm. I didn't think I was gonna be here for like a, more than a month right but then i ended up having to be there here for a year or so you know and, and then so what did you do uh i was doing all kinds of stuff i did a little bit of guiding i did a little construction um did a couple just random side jobs for, for a while but right as soon as i was able to get back we we got back to it to work and we were even just uh we we're running groups of like two and three guys okay um, when our when our goal is to do like 10 or 12 mm-hmm. but just to just to do it you know yeah uh, I think, what was it? It was October. So they shut down in March and we were able to get back to work in October. Okay. In 2020. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So that's cool that you were able to get back to work there. So now you're, you're, you're now, but living here now. Now I live, yeah, Central Florida. Yeah. And, uh, and I just go back and forth. You back so, and yeah, forth. I've got a 10 month old now. You got so the baby I, now. I, yep. Yep. So uh, I love where I live right now, St. Cloud. Um, and, and, uh, I think, what was it last year? I was there for ten week, ten or twelve weeks. This year, I was only there for four weeks. Okay. Um, but yeah, so now I just go back and forth. Gotcha. And they, they have a whole operation there. They're full time without me. Uh, mm-hmm. The Dakota is awesome. The whole team there is really good. Um, but but yeah, so I, I'm there a lot less. But the, they'll you catch just as many fish with them. Right. And then, so you're there now for a number of years. Been back and forth and. It leads you to this fish, right? To to this black, right? Right. And tell me about, like, more about how that how that that came to be. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll rewind. So it was right in right in between two full back to back weeks, and it was our right. only time for the guides to just go out and and just have fun, right? right. So it's me, uh, one of our other guides, uh, Derek at the time, and and Robert, and it's just us three out there. And we get, it takes about a mile to get to the spot where we really start fishing. And I, we get there 
right away I catch a blue blue runner like perfect size and uh, I, I put him on my hook and I keep him right next to the boat and I'm like I'm gonna try to catch another one for, for Robert or, or Derek and uh, I'm trying for like 10 minutes or so I'm like couldn't catch another one because we, we don't have a bait guy or anything right. like that so we have to if we're going out fishing fully we, self-sufficient, we catch right? our own bait that yeah. day um, so I catch a blue runner I'm like try to catch one for Robert spent like 10 minutes or so I'm like mm, screw him I'm gonna go <laughs> I'm gonna mm-hmm. go like, good luck you can catch your own fish or catch your own bait uh, so I actually kept my bait close to me and I paddle over some of our hot spots for roosters and cabaras because you know by now I've caught hundreds of them and like I want to go I want to catch a marlin because I know yeah. I know the marlin are a little bit deeper for the most part uh, those blacks we have like kind of an alley we call it like the billfish alley um, where you, once you're once you're like 100 feet deeper or deep uh, you start to get more billfish like sailfish you get those big Pacific sails mm-hmm. and, and, and black marlin you catch a lot of sails we don't catch a lot but yeah. we do we do get some I think I think it's because uh, they're I mean we don't fish with like smaller baits mm-hmm. like if we fished like live ballyhoo sardines and stuff I think we'd catch a lot more sure. but for the most part we're catching we're using like big blue runners bonitas we'll lifeline yellow yeah. tunas and stuff yeah. like that um, so I keep my bait next to me so I don't doesn't get eaten by anything else which will, will could happen like I've had rooster fish come up and bump the side of my kayak and grab a blue runner <laughs> so I'm, I'm like trying to keep them as close to me as possible so nothing mm-hmm. else eats them and uh, I get out to about 120 feet in this spot that we have uh, one of our one of our favorite spots. So you're targeting, yeah, a big billfish. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't get that many opportunities to do it. Like if right. if I'm fishing with with a group, we're going for cubaras and roosters for the most part. And you never Working. know you never know when a when a uh, marlin will come come hit though. Like because we're it's kind of the same area. Yeah. Um. But just just you have a better shot at catching a billfish a little bit deeper off of off of the main rocks. Um. So. But like I've seen marlin come in forty feet, and uh, like I see, I've seen the biggest marlin I've ever seen, probably a thousand pounds, jump right in front of me, in forty foot of water. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, never, never the blues. Blues are always way off, but blacks are always in like, usually seventy to two hundred mm-hmm. is where we see the most of them, um, the majority of them. But uh, but yeah, that'd so- be nice, Nick, to have black, big marlin in seventy to two hundred <laughs> consistently. Yeah. You can see them jumping from the beach. That's great. Uh, so yeah, I, I it's the spot that I was at maybe takes thirty minutes to paddle from shore. It's two miles offshore. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm sitting in this spot. Uh, it's it's a little rock pile, and it holds a lot of grouper and big corvinas and and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, the billfish love it too. Um, so I'm I'm sitting there, and uh, we don't have much current. It's like half a mile mile an hour current, and I got my bait maybe. 50 yards behind me and it's just sitting there right and i pull out my phone and i'm like answering emails i'm like booking people uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like sitting there and probably 10 minutes later line is just ripping just screw my clickers so like different flying. than the other one. way different yeah, yeah. way different. just line screaming out of it i'm like oh crap like i'm fiddling with my my rod and i, I or my uh, my phone and i throw the phone down and uh i turn around and i grab my rod and by this time it had it had slow, like the clicking had slowed down, but the fish is jumping towards me. So oh. I, I turn around, I'm like, oh. and so like yeah. I flip the drag up and I'm like trying to catch up the line, and I see him coming straight at me. I'm like, oh, like this thing's gonna <laughs> run me over. Right? So I'm like, like he knows, like uh, it's you, dude. I'm <laughs> yeah. coming for you. And, yeah, and I'm I got my uh, thankfully uh, the the GoPro caught it, but like the I had my GoPro boom like in front of my legs, and I'm like I didn't have time to swing it out. And I'm pedaling as fast as I can, and my boom is with the camera is like this, like, 
And thank God for that that stabilization on right. the GoPro because it doesn't. You can't even tell. Like if my, if this <laughs> this camera is going like this, but it catches the the the, the marlin coming straight at me yeah it's a little grainy but in the video it, it looked cool but so i'm like pedaling my ass off trying to get out of this thing's way and it's still jumping it, like it does it like a half circle and then it's like jumping straight towards me and then once it gets like i don't know 20 yards away it it dives straight under me goes straight offshore just like that first one just beelining it straight off wow and, is he uh, dragging you now he's dra- oh yeah he's dragging yeah. me but this time i'm i'm equipped right I had, my, I had my buddy uh from adrenaline custom rods he's local here too um he made me a, a like a big game like heavy heavy live bait rod and I've got an accurate 1000 uh, okay. two speed so and it's got it's, so you don't have the five that you no get, I don't have yeah. that 500 anymore yeah, like, five, I'm yeah. ready for them like I've yeah. got a hundred pound mono it's got like 600 yards of, of uh, braid backing on it I'm like I'm not worried now so I'm I'm uh I'm not cranking he's flying offshore he's right. running offshore and uh I call on the radio I'm like Marlin on Marlin on put it down I'm, like trying to catch up. And then on the radio, you just hear, Marlin, hooked up. I'm like, got him. Marlin on, Marlin on. And then, again, static. Because right. the other guy that was out, or the other couple guys that were with me um, were probably, one of them was probably a mile in the other direction. And so he couldn't, he couldn't, he could kind of hear me, but I couldn't hear him. And then uh, one of our other guides, Derek, I could hear him. So I was talking, I was like trying to relay. I'm like, Derek, like Marlin on, he's, he's, I'm southwest of Aka, headed straight offshore. I mean, like, it's dropping off fast now. So, like, I'm hooked up for maybe five minutes by now, and we're already a 1,000 feet because there's a ledge there that just drops off, like, just super drops. deep. Okay. So, I'm just flying offshore. I'm, like, 1,000 feet, like, two miles off Vaca, uh, which is a, a rock there. It's our landmark. Okay. And uh, I'm, like, does Robert know? He's, like, I don't know. You'll see it in the video. Like, <laughs> we couldn't really talk to each other. He's, like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to try to get him. I was, like, trying to get him to relay is messages this, back is, to home. Is this 21 or 22? Uh, 19. Oh, it was 19? Yeah. Oh, so this is before the COVID thing. This is right before, yeah, right before COVID. Right before COVID. Um, So we're, I'm like trying to relay it and then I'm like, whatever. So I have my phone and we still have have signal out there. Like, uh, it's like a miracle that we have signal there, but I pull out my phone. I'm like, uh, I'm texting the the owner and I'm texting a couple of guys back back at the lodge. I'm like, hey, Marlin on, headed offshore. I'm not going to have signal for much longer. Send Mm -hmm. a boat. And uh, so they get a they get a panga ready on the beach. They're throwing a bunch of gear in it, and then uh, they ca- they end up the the boat gets launched, and they pick up Derek and and uh, Robert. And Robert, being the YouTuber, he's got all this camera gear, so he's ready. So he's ready. So like, you're in like the you're in the most ideal circumstance, exactly, super ever- ideal. <laughs> like he's an incredible photographer, like editor, like everything. The cameraman's there. Yeah, I got yeah. I got like the hookup on my camera, yeah. and then everything else. Like he like yeah. he's he's got it. He's All in the, the boat. Hot girls are he, watching me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it was super fun. So so he gets out. Maybe the, the boat caught up to me probably 30 minutes in to into the fight, and so we're 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 way offshore. We're probably five miles offshore by then, and we're just he's just going offshore. As soon as they got it, it had been jumping around like doing the greyhounding thing yeah. for a while. So what you hook up? You I mean you bait? You, are, are these guys following you? You out there though, right? Yeah. Like, so I'm, someone's jumping on the boat for like an assist, like an emergency right, assist. Right. Right. So the boat, the boat gets launched just with the, one of the local ca- uh, panga captains, right? Okay. And then he picks up Robert, who's in the kayak. Yeah. And he picks up uh, Derek, who's also in the kayak. Okay. So the boat has two kayaks. Yeah. Sorry, I lost my place there for a second. So if you yeah. had already mentioned that, I'm I probably apologize. going too fast. No, no, not at all. You're excited. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> okay, yeah. So the, the the panga has the captain, and then it has uh, Robert with the camera, and then our other guy Derek. Right. So and they're and they're catching up to me. So I was able to relay my position, and they they were able to find me. Okay. 
And uh, now I have my bearings. Okay, yeah. thank you. And then, <laughs> and so we're both just going offshore. They're following me. They're getting shots at me, and uh, it, it had been jumping all over the place. But by the time the penga cap, the uh, penga caught up, it wasn't doing a whole lot. So you'll see in the video, it's like you know, Robert's like picking up trash and stuff. They're doing all kinds of other stuff just because nothing's happening. I'm just getting pulled offshore. Yeah. And uh, so I'm. It doesn't jump for two more hours, and it's just like it's just digging. Like it's probably it's not that far away. Maybe fifty, forty, fifty feet. It was just hugging. Okay. Down deep just slowly paddling offshore i'm like i'm like trying to yank on it like trying to get it to you know get pissed off and come right. up and jump and uh just nothing's happening and for for the longest time i think it was like two or three hours doesn't jump and then all of a sudden i it's it something it starts to change i see the line start coming up i'm like robert robert like uh it's about to jump jumps once like beautiful jump doesn't get it because it, like it was so much time oh. i'm like oh my god like this thing it yeah. was like the perfect opportunity to get this fish this fish breaks off and we missed it i'm like i'm gonna be so pissed right <laughs> right but uh thankfully it didn't come off but i was like my uh, I, i'm still stressed right because like i like if it got off that'd be cool that'd be okay with me but i just want to make sure that somebody like there's a good fit good good picture and some good video because like this situation is like ideal for right. that right right so i'm like oh man like stress i'm like be ready for the next one. I'm yelling at him. <laughs> but, uh, 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 so then they get a little closer. You're like, Dude, you're supposed to be like the best YouTuber in the world. Like, what is this? Well, you yeah, missed well, that? He was actually like texting Morris or the owner uh, with the Inre- Garmin inReach, like making sure that everything was safe, right? So right. I can't get mad at him, right? But uh, I want to make sure we get this shot, right? So I'm, I'm telling him, like, you can get a little closer and be ready for the next one. And uh, so maybe 30 more minutes. And then I, I decided to turn my kayak perpendicular uh-huh. to him. Right, because you got I got on the the hope the kayaks we're using now they're Hobie Outbacks. All right, so you got the Mirage Drive and you got the rudder in the back. They're pretty big, so if I turn it sideways, it puts a whole lot more pressure on that fish. And I just I I realize every time I do that, it, it gets angry and he'll come up and he'll start jumping. Yeah. And then I'm, when it, when he jumps, he's he's wearing himself out. And if he's just hugging down 40 feet, he's in cool water. He's just cruising. He's like he's just pulling me around and it's not doing anything to tire him out or anything. Right. Right. So. Uh, I figured out that if I just turn perpendicular, he'll get pissed off. He'll run up to the surface and he'll start jumping. And so I kept doing that. And he they, it kept jumping and we were getting all kinds of oh, nice. great footage. He's jumping all over the place. And that's those are the shots that everyone right. saw. I mean, is that is that pretty much like that's pretty much like for a big game fish like that, like you probably wouldn't want to be on any other kayak. At that no point, no. Right? I mean, that would probably. There's be... only a select few kayaks I yeah. would want to do that in, and uh, yeah, the Hobies. Those, those. We have the 2018 Hobies, the best offshore boat that's, uh, best offshore kayak that they've ever made. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was happy to be in that boat. Um. So, so yeah. So many things have to line up, I think, in that scenario. Right. Right. Either, and and that's but a, say it, luck is merely when preparation meets opportunity. Right. Yeah. yeah oh, right. For the most part, so it sounds like. You, you went in there with a game plan in mind. You, you're like, you're ready, equipped, experienced, like the whole thing. And I, this is great. And I love hearing that because you always hate like saying, man, I, like the first story. Right. Like if that was the only shot you ever had, you know what I mean? You hate like, oh, okay, yeah, it's a cool story, man. But yeah. if only you would have been prepared. Only. Yeah, if only. But this is but, the if only. Yeah, yeah. But then we put a, put a few more years into it and then and then made it happen, right? But yeah. and I, you know, I, I had the right rig, the right the right rod reel. I made a extra thick, uh, thicker than normal rig that I, than I would you know typically have for roosters and bears and all that. Bigger hook, thirteen o circle. Um, but yeah, so so we were we were prepared and we did everything everything perfect. But uh, 
but yeah, so in in the end, it took uh we ended up twelve miles offshore. It was five hours, and uh it had gotten pretty rough at oh, at, really? at the end of it. It was yeah, we <laughs> we it was like probably six footers and breakers, like white caps all over the place. You see yeah. at the end of the video, you see me like crest over a over a uh breaker out there yeah, and it right. takes my that's cooler right. off the kayak. Yep. Um but yeah, it was it was getting sporty. But so so we had the, we had all the shots that we wanted. We didn't want to tire out the fish. Like if you if you fight it long enough to like actually grab the marlin from the kayak, like you killed the fish, and there's no yeah. there's no reason to do that. So it was still like full color, like plenty of energy. So I, we got all the all the content we could ever imagine. Sun's starting to go down a little bit too. We're like, all right, I'm Try just to gonna jump in the boat. the boat. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna land them in the boat, revive them, and then uh, we're gonna go home. So it, that's that's what we ended up doing. But it was it was sketchy because we I mean. Those pangas are not not that big. The ones that we were right. using at the, at the time, because they weren't the ones that the, the panga that got sent out wasn't the typical one that we normally use. Just a little bit smaller one. We got three kayaks in the front, which take up eighty percent of the room in, in the panga, and then sure. we got four guys in the back. Yeah. So there's zero room in this panga, and, it's, and we're going seas. up in six foot yeah. seas. We're taking water over the bow a little bit, um, and uh, so we like I, I give the rod to Robert because my I'm tired by 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 that time. He's cranking on it. And uh, we get it up to the boat, and I, 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 I'm on the wire, so I, I, I had some, some gloves with me. We had a, like a whole marlin kit, like we're always ready for, for any that kind of situation. So I had, uh, I had some wiring gloves, and I pull them up. We get is he next pretty to the boat. tired at this point, or is he still kind of? Oh, he's he's he, still kind of raising himself. A he little kept bit. jumping, like like yeah. when I gave him to Robert, like he was r- jumping all over the place oh, okay. and taking like beeline in it. But so we just oh, so still green. Oh, still full of green, full wow. of green. Yeah, because like when he was pulling the kayak, he's like. Not it's that's not it's not, not tiring him, him tired. Out. Yeah, that's yeah, just, he's just like him bored. Yeah, you know, it's like bored and annoyed. <laughs> exactly, yeah. like, it was not tiring him out. So, uh, but you know, the jumps would and whatever. But so uh, I get the rod to, to Robert, and he's like, "Oh man, like, yeah, this is a strong fish." And yeah, <laughs> it's it's still taking line and all that. So we just like I hammer the drag down, and I'm like, "Just get this fish in because we got to go home." And uh, so he's cranking on. It's got two speed on there, so he's 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 cranking. We're running the boat up to him, and we we get him. I get the I get the leader and I'm pulling him up, and uh, I get him right next to the to the to the boat, and then he ends up diving again. So I just like wrapped yeah. the line, put it against the gunnel, and just broke him off. Yeah. Uh, so and it broke right out the knot. So and we could see where the hook was. The hook was right in the corner of the mouth. So all all good. I'm like oh, like little little moment of relief. Wow. And then, and then uh, the captain's like, we don't have much gas. Oh no. <laughs> I'm like, come you on. You tell me this now. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're we're 12 miles out and we don't have enough gas to get back for sure, and uh, <laughs> so and it's, it's <laughs> oh, sun's man. starting to go down right so like the sun's already like cresting for the most part and uh so we're we're going back and and uh we can't by this time we're out of range from the radio but we have that in reach so we're we're texting the 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 lodge owner like we don't have enough gas to get back send another boat and he's like send me your position and so we're we're sending him our position he's trying to teach the other panga captain how to go to our coordinates oh no <laughs> but we're also moving too because like yeah. we're, we're putting back right and uh so so <laughs> it was like it was a miracle that we really got back and in, in, it's a in good time. thing you're in a place where there's not a lot of current right right so <laughs> so yeah we we get we we could have made it within like maybe a mile okay um but yeah so we we get we're I and mean, we can see shore and like there's mountains and stuff so we know where to go but um, and there's a couple other things I maybe we could have we could have done if we didn't if they didn't have another boat right but uh yeah so we things you don't want to do at night right right I don't want to have to pull, yeah. pull this boat and, and with the kayak which we've done in the past but uh so we 
he he sends this other under Panga captain, um, and he's he's looking for us, and then we start to get into into radio contact with him, like after after maybe twenty minutes after he launched. So we're both like probably ten miles offshore at this point, trying to co- talk to each other. Right. The other Panga captain, and uh, out of out of nowhere, a sailboat appears, and uh, like he had been sailing the the coast or whatever. And we hadn't seen it until then. We're like, we're just going to go to the sailboat. I'm like, go to the sailboat, sailboat, balero, balero. And uh, so he's like, oh, see, see, like, because everybody can see the sailboat because it's big, right? Right. So, thank God that sailboat was there or else he might not have been able to see us. And then as, as soon as we like, like we're, we're kind of hanging out by that sailboat for a little while. And then we see him like just crest over this, over this breaker, like in the sunset. And we're like, oh, thank God. There he is. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and then he hands us a bunch, uh, a bunch of gas and we refuel. And uh, we get back to the beach, and it's pitch black. Pitch black. Yeah. What a but day! It was an epic, epic day. Wow. So the whole, the total fight time was what you said five and About a half five hours. hours. Yeah, yeah, five six hours or something like that. Wow. Yeah. And and did you get an idea how big the fish is? We fish we was? guessed it. Uh, we guessed five hundred pounds. Five hundred. It's it's kind of hard to say. Like I've I haven't caught that many marlin, um, so I, it's hard for me to say. And we didn't you know put it on the scale, and I've never seen a marlin get weighed or put on a scale or anything like right. that. So. That's what we guessed, and then we sent it to a couple other captains. Like we sent it to uh, uh, the owner had a couple other friends that are big yeah. time. You got all captains. the footage; they could probably guess. Yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So uh, like they all came together, they came to a consensus, and they all guessed the same five hundred pounds. So. Yeah, yeah. That's what we. That's what I go with. So I got a question because my knowledge on kayak fishing is very limited. Has there been a bigger marlin caught from kayak before uh so the biggest one till up until that was in hawaii the hawaiian guy caught it uh i wish i could remember his name but um they they would catch some out, out of hawaii i yeah. think it was like 200 something pounds they killed it and they brought it back and weighed it okay um but they they catch a decent amount of blues over there but i think they're all like sub sub 200 for the most part sub 300 okay um and then they do catch some off of new zealand um blacks but i've never seen one bigger than like 200 pounds like they, they'll catch them pretty consistently from what i can tell and you know, there's there's one guy there that catches them all the time and he'll he'll pull them up on the onto his kayak and they're always right. like like four four or five foot long yeah, the small males kind yeah. of thing yeah, yeah. so but, it could be say it could be said that you have probably caught the largest marlin and black marlin especially yeah. right from kayak that's been documented right yeah that, that's what i tell people i say i say the biggest game fish ever landed from a kayak because there's, there's yeah, one guy i guess it would yeah it could be a blanket category at that point right? yeah yeah because yeah. the, the only thing that that somebody has me on is uh uh joel abramson he's caught a greenland shark in okay. sweden i think and it's like 1500 pounds or something crazy so he's got, really he's got me on the on the biggest fish from the kayak Call that guy but <laughs> he's that guy's gnarly he posts on 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 instagram he's like he's got this huge like uh uh like dreadlock beard and it's always okay. got icicles hanging off of it and stuff and he's out there catching giant muskies and all kinds of stuff and really frozen frozen what kind weather. of shark greenland shark oh greenland shark yeah. yeah yeah so he's got the biggest fish but i got the biggest game fish yeah yeah that's not a game fish <laughs> yeah dude, yeah dude that's awesome yeah thank you very much for telling that to us yeah like, of course in, in great length i mean I love hearing stories like that. I mean, and just even just the whole progression of, you know, how it all all came to be, and you know, so 
I mean, are you going to be going for more? Yeah, yeah. Like people always ask me, like, what's the, what's the next thing? Right, right. Um, more, more of that. More, more, more. Yeah. <laughs> There's a. I want to get a blue because I haven't caught a blue from the kayak. Yeah. Um, which would be super cool. So we might end up going to like a, the fads or something like like uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the Panhandle or. Uh, Maybe maybe out there's there's some fads out in Costa Rica that my buddy wants to wants to go to, um, and then out of California, uh, one of my buddies wants me to go out and, and catch uh, big blue fins out of the kayak, which would be cool. Okay, but it's it, there's nothing else really achievable from like launching from the beach. Yeah, like like maybe off of uh, like Massachusetts, like you can launch you can launch you from the beach and get there. a big blue fin doing yeah. that. But there's also great whites, and I'm not super yeah, excited about being in the water with great that's whites. That's true. That's true. That's uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of a turn. Yeah. Oh, did you see today? You probably, I don't know if you did see or not like that. There is a saltwater crocodile right here off the Pompano Beach Pier. Oh, yeah? Like, hanging out. Like, And everyone was, like, freaking out and, like, putting it all over, like, social. Like, oh, my oh, God. Cro- I almost walked over there and, like, just to check it out. Yeah, yeah. But, man, you imagine, like, just chilling in the water, like, having a beer, like, in, like, three four feet of water and like that thing comes up and taps you on the shoulder you're like, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> like whoa what <laughs> freaking no, saltwater no, 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 yeah. crocodile if he's sneaking up on you he's got different <laughs> yeah he's got a different idea in his mind hey, he buddy, wants he's you, got hungry. Another, you got another beer for me <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i would not want to see that in the water yeah i even think about that with the great whites up there that, yeah, that, would, yeah that would be yeah I, I remember i took a guy uh fishing off of off of Boynton um, on a on a kayak charter, and he was telling me his buddy was on the news because his his buddy got like skied on by a great white. Like he was, really? they were out there, they're out there fishing off of, they're off of California, and uh, he said oh, he said they were just that? talking. He said they were just talking like side by side, and then all of a sudden his buddy's ten feet in the air, and there's Holy. a great white in the air too. And uh, come on, no, in the kayak, yeah. Because I was like, I was telling him, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go over there, like where the great whites are. And he's like, yeah, but they really don't bother you that much. He's like, yeah. he's like, sometimes people will get like the kayaks get bit, and like we always just stuff our kayaks with pool noodles and foam and stuff in case that happens. I'm like, so what you're telling me it does happen though? Because everybody right. does that. Like, you're not you're not winning this argument. Right? Oh my this, god! Well, you and really then he tells me that story. You really don't have that problem down there. No, no. Right? There's oh, yeah, not, there's not really a lot of sharks and stuff that in that area that you know. I mean, you got your spinners and stuff that you, are offshore. You got and, you got black tips and like, but yeah, the, like the biggest strike you ever see is a black tip. Yeah. Like that, that's that's another great thing about that area is because like you you rarely get sharked. Like yeah. if 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 something re- eats your course, your tuna, it's the same way. There's just not a lot of yeah. sharks around. If something eats your tuna or your your AJ that you're bringing up, it's yeah. probably a cubera. Like the cuberas are the are the tax man down down by us. Right. Like or you'll catch another like there's a d- bunch of different types yeah, of snapper like a yellow snapper like, like brutal. You, yeah, they just they they attack everything. <laughs> but so uh, this dude got skied on by a great white. Yeah, yeah. So thankfully he didn't get hurt. Apparently he said his buddy, the guy was telling me the story is so funny. He's like he's like yeah, we were just talking and all of a sudden he's ten feet in the air and it's a great white in the air too. And he lands kayak lands upside down. He lands in the water next to it. And uh, that's an interesting way to put it. He's ten foot in the air and the great white's ten foot in the air too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, not what? ideal. So he's uh. So he paddles over to the guy, helps him get the, the get the kayak uh, flipped back over, and apparently, it, like it's got a big hole in it, it's sinking. And I guess there was another boat in the area, and they called the boat over. And uh, thankfully, like I guess the, the shark bit the kayak, did did his thing, right? And then he left, thankfully, or else like the guy was in the water. It sounds like for a while, uh, and it could have came back and ate him sure. if he wanted to, I guess. But uh, yeah, they flagged a, a boat down. The boat came and picked both kayaks up and 
took them back. And there's a, uh, this is, this is probably 15 years ago or so. But uh-huh. the, there was there was a news story about it, and they took pictures of the kayak, and you can see just like huge gouges in the bottom of the kayak. And this is in Massachusetts. Or no, California? this is in California. California. Yeah, that was California. Wow. Yeah. San Diego, I think. You ever have any problems like when you're fishing off here? Uh, off of here, yeah. Yeah, off here you like, see them, right? Yeah, man. Well, like I used to go take people to the sky, the sky cliff. Yeah. And like it used to be a like amazing spot. Like we caught, like we were in the kayaks and catching blacks and gags and and uh, muttons all all the time. Like jigging yeah. AJ's up, and then and then it just came to a point where like they were all getting eaten. Like I'd take somebody there, and you you know you're hooking fish like crazy, but you can't get them up. Yeah. And whether it's Goliaths or or the sharks. Um. Yeah. Like you couldn't land. A, it came to a point where like you couldn't catch land anything. I mean, I mean, you don't really drag your fish in. Like, like I mean, I guess if you're catching a big enough fish, I mean, you don't really have a choice. What do you mean, like, like, like to bring them back to shore? Yeah, like dragging any like off off your kayak. Oh no, or so you, like keep you can them actually, in the kayak. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can actually keep a solid amount of fish in the, in the kayak. Like they yeah. make like specialized fish bags. Okay. Um, that'll go in the bow. Right. And I brought 100 pounds of fish back to the beach. Um, like. Like in Panama, we consistently catch like big like uh, a broomtail grouper for for good example, and they mm-hmm. get you know we'll consistently catch them fifty pounds, and we can put them in the in that cooler and and it just rests on the bow. Um, but now we have we have pangas out there. We can just give our fish to the pangas. But when we were off off of Florida, you know, I'd put some, I'd load it full of tunas and you know black yeah. black fins and dolphin, and they, you can bring a solid amount of fish back in the kayak. You don't have to you don't have to like put them on a stringer and like. I would never do that out there. Yeah, that's asking, that's asking for a shark. Well, because the only reason I bring that up is I'm like, it's, I always like imagine like, especially off here, because I know how bad it is like offshore here when you start getting into like 100 to 200 and everything. It's like, like that's when you're fishing here, it's always got to be like on your mind. Like, yeah. I, my head would be on like a swivel like the whole time we're out there. Like, <laughs> we're never, like they never really bother you. Like, right? like I've, I've had one time where a bull shark came up and hit the kayak but it was because he was chasing a, a like a school of Jack Cravals. The Jack Cravals yeah, saw me. Got hit by accident. Got hit by accident. So like the the, the well the Jacks kind of did it to me I guess because right. they, they saw me and they were like trying to take cover under me and there was like a eight, probably eight foot bull and he was like he was on him and he his dorsal just slams the side yeah. of my kayak and it happened quick too like I wasn't I was standing up like looking around like we we're we we're on the flats like in uh, Port St Lucie we we're looking for trout and redfish. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, look at all the jacks. Jacks come to me, huge bull shark, bam, hits the side of the kayak. Almost knocked me in the water. But that's the only time I've really ever been, like, touched by a shark in the yeah. kayak. So but like I've, I've been circled a hundred times by hammerheads. The hammerheads are super curious. Like, they'll come up to you and just do circles. And right. they'll look, like, aggra- or aggressive, but they've never done anything. Um, But, yeah, black tips never get real close. Like, I've had some sandbars get up real close mm-hmm. to me, but... Um, never, never had any issues with sharks. Um, but one, one of the cool things about down in Panama is we have a lot of whale sharks. The whale sharks will come right up to you. They're super curious. Really? And, and a couple times they've, they've come up under the kayakers and lifted them out of the water. So they're like the guy, like the, really? the guests are out there like, there's a whale shark around here. He's like, he's like, I'm on top of it. He's calling in the radio. <laughs> and like, because they're, they're, they have no yeah. predators, right? It's an alien ship. <laughs> so he literally lifted him ship. out of the water. <laughs> I've jumped in and swam with them a few times, and like yeah, grabbed, the, grabbed cool. the dorsal fin, and it's so cool. You see them a lot? Uh, not a ton. 
Um, but like one one day we went out and we caught we saw ten in one day in just the real small area in our backyard. Right. Um. So they were just for whatever reason the current came through. It was a, d- a little different current. Like colder water came through, and we were seeing all kinds of plankton. All all all. We actually saw a, a sea lion that day, which we never see. Like mm-hmm. never see. And there's all of a sudden there's a sea lion. But so yeah, it was this weird current that came through, and there was ten of them right in this small area. Um. But uh. But yeah, we'll 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 usually see maybe twenty of them a year, something like that. On okay. Average. You can't you never really guarantee. Usually, dry drier season like February, March, April, right. you see more. But uh, I'll, one will show up in the dry, in the rainy season too, like randomly. Yeah. But yeah, last time I was down there, I was in. We were. What was it? July. I saw one. That was the last time I was in Panama. And one came up, big one. Yeah. They're huge. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> one of our kayakers uh, snagged one on accident. The funniest thing, a whale shark. Yeah, on, on, on a, <laughs> it swam. It swam into his into his live bait line. Right. And uh, this this day, it was a similar day. It was like this dirty, like cold water current that you couldn't see in the water, like at all. And uh, he's calling over the radio. He's like, "I'm hooked up. I'm hooked up." And uh, I look over, and he's he's doubled over. And he's <laughs> like, he's up. hauling, he's hauling. And I'm like, oh my oh, god, man. I'm like, yeah, man, that's gonna be a big rooster fish. <laughs> so I'm in the boat. So I'm like, I I you know we motor over to him, and I'm filming him, and uh. He's, he's, I'm like, man, this is a big one. He's cruising, right? Uh, and he's just go, like, not super fast, but mm-hmm. you can tell it's just heavy. And so I'm following for a little bit. I'm like, man, this is going to be a big fish. And then he's like slowly gaining. And uh, all of a sudden, right under his boat, <laughs> this is 40 feet long. Gaining. <laughs> 40 feet. Gaining. Yeah, yeah. Gaining. I wonder if the whale shark would even feel no, that. No, that has no idea. Yeah, it has like, no idea. Like, Wait, this probably feels like some weight <laughs> on me. Like, what the heck is that attached to me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> barely, barely that, too. Like, so he's, I'm like, oh, my God. And it's like, it almost came up under, uh, right under him, too. But it was maybe five feet under the water, and it's six feet long, uh, six times his size. Yeah. thousand, I mean, way more than a thousand pounds. They're 40-foot full-grown whale shark. And I'm like, oh my god! Like it's a massive whale shark, and he's like, oh my god! He's like, jump in! Like, what do I do? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Right? And then it's, it 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 dives. It starts diving, and he's like, he's yeah. tra- he's putting up the drag, and he's yeah, like trying to stop it. Knife. I'm like, I'm like, you might as well just put that thing in freeze pool. You're not doing anything. Seriously. And then so, I, one of our other clients was hooked up to an actual rooster fish, and I ended up. I'm like, I'm like, just. Uh, he's. I was like, just freeze pull. I try to wiggle him. Let's see if he'll, the the hook will fall out or something. And I go, I loop back, and I I help this other guy that that was hooked up, but. It ended up just coming off, so yeah. Thankfully, there's no line on him or anything like that, so which, which is always what we hope for. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he good. went on a hell of a hell of a sleigh ride, and and he's got right. the, he's got the record for the biggest shark ever. That's uh, awesome. at, at our at our lodge for sure. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't a, his pictures yeah. up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Whale shark was, slayer. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> the sport of kayak fishing has probably grown immensely since you started doing it oh yeah oh yeah right Uh, yeah like because it seems like you've been doing it since it was ever really invented but yeah we had one of the invented but we had the one of the first model hobies uh i think i was i was in like sixth grade when my my dad got got a a tandem right uh hobie and so you did the whole kayak thing with your dad yeah that's that's how i started that's pretty cool yeah so we got a tandem so that we could go so me and my brother could fish too but it ended up being most mostly my dad just pedaling me around in the flats and Casting the mangroves and and stuff. So this is for, that's, for the so this is time. really what you know is fishing like for yeah. the most part fishing out of a kayak. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It was it was an awesome way to grow up. I mean, we used to travel all around all around Florida, 
like uh we one summer we just did like this florida tour and we hit like everywhere you could like okay. we, we went to mostly inshore areas like we went to the keys we went to chukalowski we went to mount lachey uh went up to, to the panhandle we hit all these areas and like cut just fished for like the entire summer so nice it was super fun um but yeah the the, the offshore thing really started when uh when i went to, to college but he had a like when i was growing up he had a grady white and we used to go out and fish mm-hmm. tournaments and stuff when i was still in middle school and did pretty well doing that like i I won juniors and in, in a couple of the tournaments and oh nice yeah so yeah that's what i was saying earlier like you do all kinds of other fishing too yeah. i mean which is which is outstanding but i love like hearing that your roots are based like that and yeah yeah you know, that's really cool because you don't hear that a lot mm-hmm. you really don't you know, how someone especially like i was i guess that's kind of what i was getting at you know with you must have seen it grow so oh, yeah. much in that time and the development because you don't really hear a lot of stories like you who actually went sixth grade and been doing it yeah. for that long. And more often, the guys that are kayak fishing here be like, "Oh, I picked it up four years ago, or I picked it up maybe ten years ago." You know, even right. but yeah, so, it's it's so how much how much has that boomed. changed for you seeing it change for everybody else? Um, has it been interesting to see from yeah, your perspective? It's, like, it's, dude, this is yeah, old can, hat for me, but it's like yeah, all new for everybody else. It's really cool to see, just seeing how many new, I mean, so many more products are out there. There used to just be like a handful. Like yeah. we, we would go out, like we had our kayaks. Yeah. Nothing else. Like we'd have uh, no electronics. No, like we we had buckets for live wells. Mm-hmm. And like we would go out to where we knew like the drop off was. Or like we'd like bare minimum gear like we'd, we'd go up like troll the troll the beach and catch a blue runner yeah and then we would just like slow tr- slow troll offshore until we caught a fish and then we'd go home like <laughs> and we were, i mean but we were catching big fish too like yeah. when we when we started off like no no electronics anything like that and we're still catching sailfish and aj's and big kings and stuff like yeah it was it was really cool um but it, it was like the, the kayak thing like it, it was really cool to me because like you you didn't have to have a ton of money to do it like you could you could load the kayak up, launch from the beach. You know you're not you're not paying for gas. You don't have mm-hmm. a big boat payment, but you're still going off catching big pelagics. Like I couldn't tell you how many times I went back to the boat ramp. Right. Full bag of fish, full bag of mahi, blackfin tunas, like all kinds of fish. And there's a guy like pulling this Grady White out of the boat ramp, and he's like, like where were those at? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. I'm not gonna tell you. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> he's like, you want to trade? I'm like, yeah. But uh. But yeah, so many, so many times, and and it's, it's super effective too. You know, like you're not, sure. you're not making much noise. Um, like I, I remember a lot of times, like we'd we'd be the first ones of the day to hit a wreck, and like me and my buddy, we would go off, like say we're jigging a sky cliff or j- jigging some some wrecks off of off a of boca, and we're we're catching fish like nonstop. Mm-hmm. We get there, we pull up, we're catching muttons, we're catching kings, we're catching AJs, and then a boat pulls up, and then a the bite just dies. Like right. you, know, like you you catch some fish, but like it's nowhere near. Like they hear that motor. And the fish, the they they start the the fish the you're catching starts to die down a little bit, and then the sharks show up too. Like the sharks know the, yeah, know, the know. noise of the boat. That could be why the fish are leaving too. Yeah. They, they they sense that the sharks are that showing could be, up. That yeah. could be too. But yeah, like the sharks are like they're like trained to the to the noise of the motor. Yeah. Because they know that boat's gonna start catching fish, and then they got an easy meal. Yeah, for sure. Feeding so, time. Yeah. And that noise means that's the dinner bell. Yeah. That exactly. prop. So then we just we just leave and go to a different wreck. But but yeah, like especially and you're you're able to fish like pinpoint spots very easily too because like you got your fish finder in front of you mm-hmm. you got your pedal drive and you got your rod right and you're you're constantly looking at your fish finder you don't have to you don't have to go back to the helm and like you know if you're fishing in a boat like you look at the fish finder you get to the spot 
And I mean, it's different if you have a captain that's like keeping you on the spot, right? Or you got, now they got spot lock trolling motors, mm -hmm. but you're able to get to this, this spot and move around and like pinpoint the area that has the most fish or the pinpoint the side of the wreck that you want to fish. And like, you're, you're able to stay right on it, jig, 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 or you're dropping, dropping dead baits or whatever. Um, but it's, a, it's just a really easy way to stay exactly where you are and fish it you know, the, the way that you want. Mm -hmm. And you don't have any, you don't have to worry about where the motor is. You don't have to worry about where the prop is. Um, you got a bunch of other guys on the boat that might not agree on the way you want to, the way they want to fish the de that day, right? You're, you're on your own, you make your own decisions and, and it's just up to you if you catch the fish, which I love. Yeah. You don't have to rely on anybody and you, you're not having to, you know, deal with, I mean, if somebody wants to catch kingfish or somebody wants to catch a, uh, bottom fish right like i want to i'd rather go catch muttons than go catch sailfish right sure i go out with a buddy he's like yeah i want to go catch sailfish go all right i'm gonna sit here and catch muttons like you don't have to i think it's a one-man one, show i think that's one of, the, one of the nice things i mean i'm sure panama's got its own joys and treasures and everything but i always think that's one of the cool things about here is you're very in close proximity of doing a bunch of different types of fishing yeah yeah you know, which is great yeah yeah because it probably lends itself to kayak fishing great yeah you know, exactly sure. exactly yeah, so so I mean, so it's all that like kind of variety of fishing that you that you can do it here in Florida that really helped helped me, you know, kind of develop that that fishery in in in, in Los Buzos. Yeah, like to the to the maximum. Like like we catch absolutely everything, and That's and great. we were like we're teaching the locals how to fish, and and they're, we're catching fish that they didn't know they had, and techniques that they they didn't ever know about in the past, and and uh, yeah. So we, and the the cool thing about that area is that there's no other traffic. There's there's a couple just like small pang operations, right? But um, like that area is so prime because like I'm sure you know Tropic Star. Mm -hmm. So tro there's Tropic Star and and uh, on the opposite side of us is Sebaco Bay, and it, they they kind of all fish the same type of area that we're okay. on. Like there's this big ledge, and uh, they like Tropic Star has to run like 50 miles to get out to this the, that that area that that we kind of fished the similar type of area, and uh, like it's in our backyard. Right. right. So like. We can launch the kayaks and fish the same type of area that they run 50 miles to get to. What's the name of that? It, was it Hannibal Bank? Hannibal, yeah, Out they there, fish Hannibal right? Bank. Yeah, right. And yeah, yeah. Um, so like, we can't fish Hannibal Bank, but it's that same. Like, if you look on Google Maps and you see our, right. our area, you'll see that ledge just connects. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go back and then take yeah. a look at it. I encourage anyone listening to the show to do the same. It'd be, be kind of cool. So exactly, yeah. Just type in Los Buzos Resort and you'll yeah. see. Like, just zoom in a little bit to you where you see those contours, and it's wild. Like you, you'll see, like the, it's the southern tip of Panama right there, and right there, it just like there's there's some spots just offshore. I mean, uh, just down the coast from us, maybe maybe a twenty minute boat ride. Mm -hmm. If you go off the shore, less than three miles, you're in six thousand feet. Okay, wow. It, like it's a crazy drop. That off. is a drop. Yeah, that is a crazy drop. Wow. When are you heading so, back? Uh, my next trip is in December, so it's it's gonna be a while. Okay. But uh, yeah, so I got, uh, there's one spot left. If anybody's listening, like they can come on a trip. Uh, there's one spot left for one of my weeks. Um, but, but Robert's going back and there's, and the, the lodge is open year round. It's, it's seasonal. Okay. It's not seasonal. So we're open. Fishing is incredible all year long. Um, rooster fish are always there. Cubaras are always there. Marlin are kind they're kind of hit and miss. Right. Um, I would say the best time of year is December, which is a big part of the reason I'm going. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, we also catch them. We've caught them in June. The biggest one I've ever seen got caught uh, in September. Um, the first one I, the first one I hooked was January. So like they are sporadic. 
but we caught we had three kayakers hook up all three all three hooked up in two days uh in in a week in december so like we i'd say probably 20 or 25 kayakers have hooked marlin yeah but, but like like we said in the beginning it's just me and scott that have landed them you get me a little jacked up about that <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, might have to take that last spot. Come, come, come on but, down, and it's it's super affordable too. It's like twenty five hundred bucks for you for uh, a week. You get you get five days of fishing, uh, six nights lodging, all your all your meals. Uh, we have we have a chef that cooks every every day. Uh, twenty five hundred bucks, all, all inclusive, all inclusive. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah, and you're uh, all you can drink beer every night too. Um, no 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 extra and there's there's a bunch of extra like upgrades and stuff that you can do but if right. you want to if you're if you're want to do like the best trip possible on a budget 2500 bucks okay and uh it's an easy flight too and travel to panama is super super easy and it's yeah, not it's far. only like a two-hour flight down two there. hour yeah, yeah two hours yeah. flight from from fort lauderdale and uh i mean i get tickets round trip tickets for 300 400 bucks sometimes that's good so that's great yeah and it's a super safe area like some, some people get nervous about traveling to latin america but yeah like panama is beautiful and super safe no you get worries you're guiding here in florida too uh not, not so not much, much I, right? I'm, I'm, tr- I'm starting starting some things potentially um but but yeah for the most part i'm i'm, I'm focused on the nautical venture doing nautical ventures and right. and uh and and los buzos nice oh yeah so very cool man stay staying busy still though yeah i want to thank you so much for giving me your time today and coming in like this is a lot of fun. Like, it's, a, it's yeah. a blast for me too. I love yeah, I love talking awesome. fishing. Yeah, so. you were awesome. Dude. <laughs> this this has been this has been a great show. Um, and listen, if if you guys, this sounds like a killer experience. So I I I think people should jump on it. But you but obviously you only have one spot left. You know what I mean? But yeah, how often are you getting down there after your December time? Uh, so for the for now, uh, I'll, and for the foreseeable future, it'll probably be uh four weeks total. Okay. each year so it's a lot less than i used to do but right. they 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 run they run the show like you'll catch just as many fish if you fish with them and like yeah. there's plenty of spots in october november um but if you want to fish with me that one spot in december um my, uh, my weeks in april and may next year are already sold out um but i'll be coming back in december that year too or next year too and and there's some spots there there All as right. well Very but yeah cool. i mean you'll have a blast with with the rest of the guys there if you if you want to go and i can't make it yeah nice tell everyone how to find you online uh, my socials are Adam Fishk, so A D A M or, or the the and at sign A D A M F I S H K. Uh, that's Instagram, TikTok, all that. Uh, Los Buzos, if you want to uh, look up the resort, Los Buzos Resort on Instagram and Los Buzos Panama on Facebook, mm-hmm. and we've we've got our our uh, YouTube pages too. So um, you'll you'll find us if you look it up. Nice. And, and if you if you if they want to see that kayak or the marlin kayak video, just type in "man catches kayak from" or "catches marlin from kayak." Right. It's got like you're the one seven. Pops up. It's got like seven million <laughs> views. It'll be the first one that comes. Yeah. Up. <laughs> very very cool. And also, if 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 you want to try kayak fishing, I mean, here is a great place to try that to get oh, started. Man. I mean, you could do it right off the beach here. Go over to Nautical Ventures. Those guys will hook you up, right? The, yeah, yeah. I went over there with Liz. We were th- we we're going to buy a kayak. We're still in the market, so we're probably going to go back there and get something. We haven't pulled the trigger on because she loves kayaking. Um, but, yeah. you know, I, when I was talking to those guys over there, super knowledgeable, super helpful, super nice staff. Like, everyone was really, really cool over there. So Yeah, yeah. If you guys want to get into it, like, the probably the best kayak or best fishing kayak for this area i would say the hobie outback or the uh the old town salty mm-hmm. pdl which is a super fun boat and it's it's very it's cheaper than you would think it's a really quality boat but it's like half the price of the hobie and uh if, yeah if you're thinking about the old town too like 
they're yeah. they're killer uh pedal drive different type of pedal drive you got uh the prop on the bottom but uh it, it also has uh instant reverse which is super helpful especially if you're fishing mangroves and stuff mm-hmm. that way you can you know like if you're if you're inshore catching uh snook or by the pilings or something you hook up you can immediately pedal backwards and pull that thing out of the out of the pilings um and like like we were saying in the beginning in the in the beginning like if you have a paddle kayak you hook a snook in the mangroves or the pilings he's just gonna pull you in he's gonna break you off right so if you have something like that like uh like a like a hobie or an old town like that that's really gonna increase your 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 fish catches and uh you're, you're gonna you're gonna be able to spend more time on the water and uh, without you know getting getting too winded yeah and, i would uh, think after what we talked about today like yeah, if I'm buying a kayak for me to go fishing, like I would, no question. Yeah, get a no paddle drive. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I would never go back to a paddle kayak unless yeah. I'm like in a stream or something uh, where 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 you would bust up pedals if if yeah, you know, you're shallow. True, but yeah, True. that's it. Yeah, right on, Adam. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Appreciate you coming in. It was a blast. Yeah, your Appreciate ego. The invite. Yeah, your ego is not your amigo. <laughs> Always do your best at the end of the day, just like God do the rest. And do not ever forget that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. We're all connected by water. Yes, sir. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.